I came to with one mission uh, this week. We're going to speak Spanish, right? That's the heavenly language, right, brother? <clears throat> oh, I'm checking my, my notes here. And, uh, but what a wonderful time for us as family to um, come back to Sheraton and uh, get to see you again and meet some new faces. And that's exciting. That's really exciting to see new people and uh, to see you walking for the Lord, and that's a tremendous blessing to us. Uh, last time we were here in the States reporting to our uh, churches, it was uh, six years ago. Uh, so time has been uh, going, and uh, we're excited just to be with you and uh, to spend some time here with, with you guys and with uh, the church family and be involved in your ministry. I want to uh, just take a minute and to uh, thank you so much uh, for all the uh, what you've done for us and uh, and what um, you mean to us. Uh, coming to Sheraton is uh, for us coming home, and uh, and that is because of you and what you've done in our lives. And this year is going to be our 20th year of uh, uh, mission work in Uruguay. And we can hard to believe that, but uh, that's a reality. And um, so we, we 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 see some changes, you know, in us. Uh, we're getting a little, you know, older. I'm using this here, and it reminds me of hearing aid. Maybe um, Pastor is, you know, preparing me for the future. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it bothers me a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll try to work with that. And... Uh, but it's, it's a blessing. It's a pleasure for us, uh, and we really mean it, to come and see you and to spend time with you. Uh, you've been um, such a blessing to us. You are supporting us from the very beginning of us going to um, the land of Uruguay. And I've been praying for us, and we appreciate it so, so much. So I'm excited. I'm excited about being here this week. For missionary conference, and I hope you are too. And we want to thank you for praying for us and for this time together. And we're going to open our Bibles, please, uh, today to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 8, if you please. Luke chapter 8. We're going to be in verses 16 through 21 of Luke chapter 8, 16 through 21. And I would ask you, as you uh, find the verse there, as you find the passage, if you stand up with me for the reading of God's Word, if you please. And we're going to read together. I would like to do that. Many times in our church we'll do this as well. Uh, I'll read the the, uh, first number 16, and you read together 17, and so on and so forth. Till um, verse 21. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth under a bed, but setteth it on the candlestick, that they which uh, after, excuse me, that they which enter in may see the light. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, 
from him shall be taken, even that which he seems to have. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. Let's pray together, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, and we thank you for your word, how precious it is to our lives and what it means to us, Lord. And we would ask you that you would take your servant and use it for your honor and glory, that you give him power from above. And Lord, as we hear from you this morning, Our desire is to see you, Lord. Our desire is to obey your word and to apply it to our lives. And God, we pray that our hearts will be open. And as we begin this week in our mission conference here, we just ask, Lord, that you help us to see the reality around us uh, for mission and for uh, the truth of your gospel. Help us, Lord, to see a world that is in much needed uh, of the light, the true light of you, Lord, and uh, shining forth with the gospel. And Lord, we would ask that you will bless us together this morning. And uh, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit that it will work in our lives and that we would uh, honor you and obey your word. We ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, please. There is no doubt, as you obviously don't have to be much uh, watching any news or reading any news in a newspaper or even in the Internet or whatever means you may use, there is no much to say about this world that we live that obviously is a world that lives in darkness. And even more and more and more as the day goes by, as the years go by, And we know that, obviously, the Bible is clear that in the latest days, the world is going to be even worse. I often say to those people in Uruguay that they think that, or they have a hope that the world is going to get better, that we will have better politicians. Uh, I hope you don't don't have that hope here at this time, you know, special time for the U.S., um, but I always tell them, you know, if you have hope that this is going to be better, that the, the world is going to get better, you have not read God's Word, because it's going to get worse. This past uh, term, in the year of 2014, our government, our government in one year passed three laws. They legalized abortion. They legalized marijuana, and they legalized also same-sex marriages. All three in one year, in just a few months, as a matter of fact. And speaking about darkness and living in a world of darkness. But, you know, I I was preaching a similar passage uh, of the Scripture talking about the light of the world Jesus Christ and the power of his light. And I'm, I was preaching in the middle of the message. And all of a sudden, 
our family, our family will remember this. And all of a sudden, I'm preaching about the light in our lights. In our, it was an, at night, and so our lights in in our auditorium in our church got off, and it was pitch dark. And you know, God has a sense of humor uh, to let us know the message that uh, I was trying to convey to our people. Uh, we had some problems. Uh, we actually didn't pay the bill. No, just kidding. <laughs> and uh, you'll see in a little while if the lights are going to go on or not. <clears throat> but uh, how important is that we understand as we look into missions this week, and as we think about missions and think about our responsibility in missions, how important it is to have a, a picture in a clear picture of the world that we live in today, and not only think about your why or perhaps the Middle, Middle East uh, um, or any other parts of the world, but start thinking on your life, start thinking about Sheraton, about Iowa and the States, and uh, how much we need to shine for the Lord in such a dark place, in such a world that we have today. And so I want to bring your attention to these verses here in Luke chapter 8. And our topic and our title for this message is going to be Living for the Lord, a powerful life, a powerful life. And we will see this morning two key aspects or two important ingredients that we must put in our lives to so that we can live a powerful life for the Lord. And uh, the Bible speaks here about the light of Christ. And I want to point to you these two aspects, and we're going to go um, forward in the message. The first ingredients that we must include in our lives to live a powerful life and to shine for the Lord in this present age, the first ingredients that you might you uh, must include is that you must live, you must live in the power of His light. That you must live in the power of His light. That's the first ingredients that we're going to take a look of here from from this uh, chapter. Secondly, secondly, we will touch. And that it is also important, the second ingredient, that you must live in the power of the right priorities in your life. Or the right priorities in your life. And we will see this um, unfold in these verses here in Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8. So let's begin, let's begin setting some grounds uh, before we look uh, closely to what the Lord is saying here. Uh, you don't have to go to this passage, but it's a very familiar passage in the Scripture. When you go to the beginning of our Bibles, in Genesis chapter 1, God is creating everything, and it says in verse uh, 3 and 4, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then it says, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God creating here in Genesis, light and darkness. Light and darkness. And obviously, in a very distinctive way, God creating those two things. 
And when we come to the New Testament, when we come to the New Testament, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life, the light of life. So, Jesus is saying, I am the light. So, if you have me in your life, if you have me in your heart, as we receive Jesus as a personal Savior, He is giving to us the light for our, our walk with Him, for our own spiritual walk with the Lord, but also He's given us the power and the light to shine uh, in this world and to bring the light that this world needs. So therefore, therefore, as we look to this passage today, we must live and we must live in the power of His light. Notice in verse uh, 16, if you please. Notice verse 16. It says here, "No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covers it with a vessel." Or put it uh, under a bed, but set it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. They see the light. And Jesus is speaking to the crowds here and the multitude that is listening to his teaching. He goes on and saying about the light and speaking about the light that we should not hit the light. We should not cover the light. It's interesting that the word covereth there in verse uh, 16 means to wrap around or to cover over. To cover over. And, uh, and, and so Jesus is trying to tell us this morning as we look to this passage, the need for us to shine His light in, into this world. And in doing so, to bring those that are in darkness to light and bring the truth of the gospel to their hearts and to their lives so that they can be transformed with the power of His light. And as we being honest this morning, I'm sure, in your own heart, you can think in many ways and many uh, times in your life and in my own life where... We have given our lives to other things. We love other things, not the Lord. And so, in doing that, we let sin in our lives. And so, doing that as well, we are covering the light that the Lord wants to shine through us. Through us. And it says clear here that no one should do that. No one with the right mind should do that. When you think about what Christ has done for your life, when you think about what Christ has taken us from the darkness, from hell to heaven, when you think about Christ and what He's done for our lives, it doesn't make any sense that we will cover His light and we will not be shining completely to this world. But certainly, if we be honest this morning with us, we can see each other right into our hearts that many times that's been the case. That we let slip some uh, sin in our lives and some things that have covered the light 
Jesus in our lives so we are not shining the way we should. So we must not hide his light. We must not dim down the light he has given to us. But rather, we should be shining for the Lord Jesus Christ. We must put the light up so others could see Jesus in our lives. Notice, at the end of verse 16, it says, That they which enter in may see the light. And the picture that Jesus is telling us here is very simple. He's talking about a room in the house. It's obviously that the, you're not going to cover the light for that room. You're gonna put, not going to put it under the bed. The, the light is going on a candlestick to shine there in that room. So when people enter into your house, when people enter into your room, <clears throat> we'll be able to see and walk around and, and have fellowship. That's basically the idea there. But notice the way he worded it here. It says that they, that they which enter in may see the light. Let me ask you this to help us in our thinking this morning. How many people are entering into your life? How many people are entering into your homes? How many people are you Letting them into your life so they can see Jesus and the power of Christ and the power of the gospel so they can be transformed. There's such a need for us to proclaim the truth of the gospel with those around us. And even if you don't notice, there are people watching they're watching there in your school. They're watching in your work, in the workplace. They're watching you in your neighborhood. They're watching you and your own family if you have unsafe uh, family members. And we must let them enter into our lives. And we must let them see the light of Christ. As a matter of fact, not only that, but we should go to their places. And shine for Christ. And shine for Christ. This past uh, year, 2015, um, God gave us the privilege to see some folks there in our ministry in Friventos. We will tell you more about that later in our mission conference. But the Lord has given us the privilege to see some people saved this past uh, year, and uh, for a country such as Uruguay, non-Catholic, very atheistic, very hard-field, that was a tremendous blessing. But I, I want to share with you the experience of a couple that came to know the Lord this past year. Their name are Stephanie and Christian. Uh, they came from from uh, homes, broken homes. Uh, some of the, the, the baggage they, they brought in and the experience they have in life is just tremendous. You, you see, you have to understand that our society there in Uruguay, seven out of ten marriages get divorced. 
Seven out of ten couples get divorced. The government has said that some years ago that they cannot actually officially say what is the percentage of uh, divorce in our country because many people are not getting married anymore. They just live together. Or what is, what is called there the free union. And this is a case of Stephanie and Christian. They have lived together. But the light of Christ came to their hearts. It had shown there in their hearts. And they came to know the Lord as a personal Savior. And let me tell you that they're walking with the Lord. They have much room to improve and to grow. Obviously, like we all do that. We need that. But Stephanie and Christian have made decisions in their lives. Uh, I would love to, to show you uh, Stephanie's Bible. What a blessing. She has marked every, every passage of the scripture. She just, she just marked there all the passages that she's reading. And, and she wants to grow more and more. And, and Christian is coming along as well. So, but we talked to them about the need to get right with the Lord as well in getting married. You know what Stephanie said to us? She was in our home. She said, but you know, Pastor uh, Andrea, she, she said, I don't know anyone in my family that's been married, officially married. My aunt lives together with his husband. My parents live together. She named one after another of examples in her own family that they just live together. It was hard for them to understand the view of God's view in marriage and how important that is. But you know, we took them to God's word, we talked to them about it, and they softened their hearts. They start seeing the importance of marriage for on, on God's side. And since we've been here, uh, we arrived <clears throat> the 5th of February here in the States, not too long ago. But since we've been here, they, they got engaged. And they're planning to get married. They want to honor the Lord. Let me tell you that that is a great step for their walk with, with the Lord. In our, in our own environment, in our own society, that light that God put in their hearts and lives is going to shine like you will never believe. Because that's not the norm. That's not the norm. What a blessing. When the light of Christ gets into the hearts of people and transforms them in the power of the gospel. And what a tremendous blessing to see that. And I'll tell you these stories too for another reason. Just to tell you that I hope you see that you are being part of that. 
that the reason we are there is because we have churches like yours that pray for us, that gives in our faith promise program and sustain us in our field, in our work, work that the Lord is calling us to do. You are part of that transforming power of the light of Christ that has shone there in your life. And I hope you are thankful to the Lord and that you are encouraged. And as we speak this week about missions, you feel yourself to be part of missions around the world, not just through us, obviously, but to those that you support and pray for their work. And so the Lord says here also is speaking about uh, the light was created to uh, shine. But also uh, notice in these verses, now especially verses 17 and 18, that the light, it was created to reveal or to expose as well. Notice in verse 17, it says, For nothing is secret, secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. And we're going to go on to that in, in a moment. But uh, the Lord here is speaking to this crowd, to these people, to this multitude, and uh, making them know that the light was not only created to shine, but also the light was created to reveal and to expose. And it is very obvious here that the Lord wants to speak to their hearts of the people. And wants to speak to our own hearts that when we let the word of God and we let the the light of the Lord uh, shine in our hearts, sometimes it's going to be painful. Because sometimes we don't like to see ourselves with the reality of our own hearts. And because we need to make changes, because we need to let the Lord do our work in our lives and get rid of some things that are there that it shouldn't be. There's no secret that the light will not bring forth. The light of Christ, obviously, the light of His Word. The light reveals the secrets that which was hidden there in our own hearts. It takes away darkness. So, it is also meant to bring forth the light and take away our sin. And take away our our sin. We must confess. We must check our own lives. We must check our own hearts and come before the Lord with a humble spirit. And let God do a work in your life and in my life. And so the light will shine even better in our lives. Now, once you know this too, we don't have much time to go into some of the details that I would love to go into um, here in verse um, 17. But I want you to notice, please, the beginning of verse 18. The beginning of verse 18. It says, Take heed, therefore, how you hear. 
it, it, it seems to me, when I was studying this passage, it seems to me that it didn't fit with the, the, the train of thoughts that the Lord is bringing forth in this passage. Because he's speaking about the light, and he's speaking that, that the light shines, and there's no secret or nothing hidden uh, when the light of the Lord uh, shines there in our hearts and our lives. And, and now it goes there, and, and it says to us, be careful, in other words, be careful, how do you, how do you hear it? But obviously, if you were here this morning, for the good time we have in our Sunday school, you and doing an inductive study of God's word, you need to notice that this passage that we are uh, <clears throat> reflecting here in this uh, portion, 16 through 21, is in the context of a parable. What is a parable? Remember what what parable is sharing Christ here in in the context of uh, chapter eight. Come on, class, as uh, Pastor uh, was saying this morning. What's the context? The parable of what? Of the sower. The parable of the sower. And, and let me tell you, it's been a tremendous blessing to me. Many times I've seen this passage. I have studied this passage. I have preached from this passage. But it's been a tremendous blessing to me lately. To notice the, the, the progression of the sower there sowing the seed. And the different type of soils there representative. Representing the hearts of people. And how they heard and how they go about when they receive God's word. So Jesus is simply going back to the context of what he's speaking about the source, sowing God's word and sowing the gospel of Christ and saying there that for us to live a powerful life, for us to shine for the Lord is necessarily to put heed in our lives, to hear and be careful how we do that and how we're going to go about to do that. Every Sunday here in, in, in your church, you hear from God's Word. Every Wednesday night, and every time that you are by yourself, uh, they are reading God's Word and studying God's Word. Uh, you are confronted by God's Word. You are encouraged by God's Word. And you are blessed by God's Word. But the question is, what you do with it? What are you going to do with it? Or the teaching of God's word. How are you going to hear it? This is tied with, I'm going to just read two verses. If you notice in chapter 8, verse 10. And he said unto you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Amen? Unto us is given the opportunity to know the mystery of his kingdom. What a blessing we have. And it says also, the kingdom of God, but to, to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not, uh, excuse me, may not understand. Notice also verse 15, but that on the good ground are they, which in, a, in an honest and good heart, 
having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So in other words, Jesus is saying, let the light of Christ, let the light of the gospel shine in your hearts. And you're going to go about that on the way of you hear it and you respond to what the Lord is saying to his teaching. To his teaching. Obviously, we have a huge difference in, in uh, the knowledge of Christ in ourselves. He knows our heart. He knows what type of heart and what type of ear that we have. If we're going to listen to God's word and have a soft heart, notice here in verse 15, it says that they which in uh, honest and good heart. Do you have an honest and good heart today, this morning? To listen to God's word? To listen to the preaching and teaching of God's word? Are you willing to let the Lord shine in your life even though it may be painful because there's, there's maybe things that you need to get rid of? What a tre- tremendous blessing and opportunity we have. So be careful how you respond, how you hear God's word. You will be responsible. I will be responsible to what I'll do with the teaching of his word. Secondly, I want you to notice that the second aspect, or the second important ingredient that you and I must include in our lives is not only that we must live in the power of his light, but secondly, that we must live in the power of the right priorities in our lives. And, and, and Christ is setting the example for us here. And, and as you notice in verses 19 through 21, 19 through 21, there's somebody else coming into the scene there. Picture this if you're with me. Uh, look around all the people we have here in church today. But think what would happen if this auditorium was only half of what the size we have today, what would have be happening? Everybody will be together, and it will be a you know shoulder against shoulder, and uh, and we hope one day we can see that church, this church like that, right? And more people coming to know the Lord and to serve Him. But that's, this is a picture there. Christ is speaking. He's teaching to the crowd, and uh, if you notice in uh, verse 19 at the end, it says, um, to come at him for the press. The word press there means a crowd or multitude. So there was a lot of people there hearing Jesus teaching God's word. And and so when that was going on, outside came his mother, Mary, and a few of his brothers that came to see him. And, you know, you, you think about, about the scenario there. And, uh, 
in Mary trying to honestly come and see Jesus, her son. And there's no way. He's probably at the front teaching there and being busy doing his work and serving the Lord. And there's no way they can get around the people. There's no way that they can say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and got to the front to greet the Lord, to greet her son. So what she's doing, and, and let me suggest, I'm not, I cannot prove this, but it seems to me that what she's doing is trying to probably, in an honest way, and just as a mother will do, to come and see uh, uh, him. But let me suggest to you that she might wanted to pull some strings there with the crowd. What I mean with this is she might have said, okay, hey, I'm the mother of Christ. How come I cannot come and see my son? After all, I gave him birth, and I'm his mother. I need to see him. So please let, let me go, or please let him know that I want to see him and that I brought some of his brothers with me. So I can approve and I'm not accusing Mary of this. Please don't get me wrong. But she might be tempted to pull some strings there so that she can get away and she can get in and in a way interrupt what Christ is doing. Teaching and ministering to the people, to the crowd. So if you picture that scenario, let's read again now in verse 20. And it was told him, Jesus, by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee, desiring to see thee. The conflict, the conflict here for Mary and also for Jesus, the conflict, it seems that it is part of, obviously, his family. What Jesus is going to do and how he's going to respond is going to set the way the people will think about this situation as well. So Jesus says there, in uh, verse, um, excuse me, in verse 21, and he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these, referring to whom? Referring to the crowd, referring to the multitudes, referring to those that are there hearing his teaching. So, he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and what it says at the end? And do it. And do it. Not only hear it, but also put it into practice. And do it. And do it. So the Lord has given us an example how we must set the right priorities in our lives. He could have said, you know, oh, okay, excuse me to the crowd. 
He could have said, excuse me, you know, my mother, I have not seen her in many, 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 many days. Who knows? He could have said, okay, please excuse her so she can come to see me. And her desires will be honored. But instead, he said, my real mother and my real brethren are you that are here and listening to my teaching and applying what I've been teaching into your lives. Remember the words of Christ saying, paraphrasing, I'm busy doing the business, my father's business. I'm busy doing what he has called me to do. So he gave us an example how we can set our priorities in our lives. And let me suggest to you that sometimes we have the wrong priorities in our lives. We let family, we let things of this world, we let material things of this world, we let other people, perhaps it's a sport, perhaps it's a person in your life, perhaps it's your work, Perhaps it's somebody that is dear to you, a friend. Many times in our um, in our ministry there in, in Fray Ventos and in uh, the ministry there in, in Shun, too, um, you know how you invite people. I'm sure that happens to you, too. You invite people to um, to the church and... Oh, Pastor, I'll be there. Oh, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, uh, stand there. I'll be the first one walking into church. I'll be there. But, you know, the honest truth is that then say, well, you know, Pastor, I could not make it because just at the time that I was going about to go to church, my family came. And I could not say to them to go away. I could not dare to say them just wait for me here or come with me to church. And how can I say that, Pastor? I'm sure you know those examples here as well. And we just make excuses. In some of, some of those cases, realities, they're not lying. Uh, the devil knows how, how to put obstacles in our lives. But see, the important thing is, how am I viewing God in my life? If I'm going to shine my light, the light of the world, the light of Christ in this dark world, if I'm going to set my priorities straight the way they should be, God, God may be honoring in every way, in every place in our lives. We need to put him at the top. We just need to stop making excuses. Oh, I cannot come to church. Oh, I cannot do that. Oh, I won't be able to serve the Lord in that way or this way. But 
the Lord is calling people. The Lord is calling people. And I may assure you that God is doing that work even today. There might be people sitting in this church today that had put it off and put it off and put it off and had not answered to God's call, perhaps to serve him, perhaps to get more involved in your local church here in Sheraton and the surroundings. Perhaps you have not answered yet because you have feared that the Lord may call you to a strange country such as Uruguay. <laughs> have your hearts open this week. God wants to do a work in your life and through your life to touch others for Christ. But let's begin by setting our priorities straight in the right path. Let's put God first and where he belongs. And I'll finish with this. Christ was not trying to despise his own family. Christ was not trying to be uh, dishonoring his mother and brothers. He was not just saying, I don't care about them. He was just saying, at this very time of my life and this present moment, my business is to get busy with the work of the Lord. I need to obey. I need to fulfill what my Father has called me to do. Are you willing to say that today? That you want to be obedient to God's Word? That you want to be obedient to the Lord? You know, Christ was also showing to those there and to us that He cares, that He cares for the hungry people that were hearing the teaching of His Word. And He cares for those around us that we might be the light and that we might be willing to give our lives to the Lord and that our lives will be a powerful ones because Christ is in the center of our lives, in, this, in the center of our hearts, and that we want to please Him no matter what, and that we're going to stop making excuses. And that we will be busy sharing the gospel with others. You know, Sheridan needs to hear the gospel. And the places around in here needs to hear the gospel. The same way that others need to hear the gospel in the Middle East or in Uruguay or other parts of the world. May you surrender your life today. May you desire in your heart to honor God's word and to be the light that shines forth in a needy place such as the place we live. Let's pray and I'll ask Pastor to come.
Father, we thank you for the clear teaching of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the truth that we heard this morning. And we would ask, Lord, that you will do your world in our lives. That we will be willing to let you do the work to change and transform our lives to please you, Lord, and to shine in such a dark place as it is today, Lord. Help us to be obedient, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.